Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast from Equifax, where we break down the latest economic and credit insights to help you navigate today's business landscape. Today on the Market Pulse podcast, we'll be updating you on the U.S. economy with a special focus on small business and entrepreneurship in the post-COVID era. As we know, when small business thrives, so does the entire economy. I'm Catherine Doe. I'm your host for today and a member of the marketing team here at Equifax. We're joined again by David Fieldhouse, Director of Consumer Credit Analytics at Moody's Analytics, and Evan Leapart, founder and CEO of Kitty Credit and co-founder of the Black Men Talk Tech Conference. Evan, we're glad to have you for the first time on our Market Pulse series, and I would love to turn to you for a quick introduction. Perfect. Well, Catherine, I appreciate you having me today. Um, like As you said, my name is Evan Leapard. I'm founder and CEO of Kitty Credit, which is a chore tracking app to teach kids about credit. I am also co-founder of the Black Men Talk Tech Conference, where we aim to improve representation among the ecosystem in tech when it comes to founders, investors, and technologists. Appreciate you having me. Wonderful. And if I could make another quick plug, um, Evan has been working with us on a forthcoming Equifax credit access research project. And he's also uh, Kitty Credit is uh, an Equifax Foundation partner. Um, and so, again, we're, we're glad to have both you and David for today. OK, so let's start with the economy. Um, David, here we are at the beginning of summer. We've got warm weather increasing number of vaccines in arms, and it feels like just an, an overall enthusiasm to get back to our pre-COVID lives. So uh, what's your latest outlook for businesses and consumers? Thank you, Catherine. Uh, I think it's it's pretty good right now. You know, we're working our way back to normal. Moody's has a back to normal index, uh, something we put out together with CNN. If we follow that index, uh, we're, we're getting close to being back to where we were prior to the pandemic. This is a uh, we follow a bunch of real-time data, look at mobility, reservations, home base. So, you know, we put together, I think, 40 statistics. We've created an index. We track it across different states. And we see that we're getting close to where we were prior to the pandemic. In some states like Florida, you can see that we're at levels that we were at prior to the uh, pandemic. Um, so, so we're on the right track. Uh, we're seeing reopening happening throughout the country in, in many different ways. The current uh, situation is strong. We also have the stimulus uh, is still go going to uh, provide lift this quarter and next quarter. Uh, so we're going to end the year in a very strong place. Uh, just to give you a number, we're expecting 6.5% growth in GDP year over year at the end of the year, the last quarter. So that, that's very strong. We often think of 2% growth, just to put that in context as, as a number to anchor uh, your expectations to. So if we, if we come in at 6.5, that's going to be a very strong end to the year. I, the other piece that I'd be very excited for for businesses is that consumers have been saving up a lot of the stimulus money. By our estimates, there are $2.5 trillion in excess savings. This is savings that consumers made that they wouldn't have made if it wasn't for the pandemic and the stimulus program. So consumers are ready to to spend. Everything's gonna open up and, and I think we're, we're starting to see spending come back. Uh, everyone knows that spending was hit very hard during the pandemic. Spending fell about 18% uh, when you take retail spending, service spending, especially service spending came down, but it was about an 18% drop in uh, spending the first two months of the crisis. Uh, but now we've seen that bounce back. So, um, you know, in, in, no, in nominal terms, we got back to the level of spending we're at prior to the pandemic. 
uh, in January uh, when we adjust for inflation. That was March. So you know we, we seem to really be back on track in terms of spending, which is ultimately what's going to uh, impact businesses overall. That's great to hear and, and encouraging. Um, and from what it sounds like, these are potentially great conditions um, for entrepreneurs and those thinking about starting a small business. Um, and we've, we've spoken on this podcast and in our Market Pulse webinars about the increases uh, in cashless payments and, and a huge rise in e-commerce. But then there's also the, the funding um, capital and, and credit side to consider in, in starting a small business. So I'd be curious to hear, what are you seeing uh, in the data for small business credit performance and also availability? Right. Uh, it's a great question. There is uh, going to be quite a bit of demand for small business credit uh, overall. We're seeing a fair bit of uh, entrepreneurship emerging. There, there are many cases where um, you know, many businesses are being formed. If we look through uh, business applications, we're we're seeing them coming in at a pretty high clip. We're on pace for six million new business applications in 2021. If we uh, put that in perspective with 2018, 2019, that would be around. It would typically be around 3.5. So. There's new businesses like uh, I think uh, like all, all the work that Evan's doing, all the uh, entrepreneurs out there, they are working to you know make the economy a more productive place. And I think uh, the, the question then is, what kind of financing is there out uh, for these individuals? If we sort of start to look through the data, we saw that in 2020, private lending was was a bit tight overall. We, we can see it tightened up. We have a partnership between Moody's and Equifax and the SFBE. If we look at that data, we can see credit lines were tightening, origination balances were tightening in, in 2020. When we start to look through some of the statistics that are out there, though, for credit availability in 2021, it takes a little while for the data to give a full picture, but the signs are strong there that um, credit is really coming back. I mean, 2020 was really about PP the PPP program, and that's free credit. So, you know, the private credit sort of stood on the sidelines, and but the public credit really came in. Now that program is over, so the private lending needs to come back, and it does seem to be uh, coming back overall. There are, you know, different ways to pick this up in the data. There's a couple spots that I look at. There's a senior loan officer survey. They'll look at, uh, you know, demand and supply for you know small customers and CNI loans. If we look at that, we can see that the um, standards are beginning to relax. So they tightened throughout the, the pandemic, uh, but really in the last quarter, they've started to started to open up again. So, so that's private credit that's coming back. You know, there's other um, data out there. We can look at the uh, National Federa Federation of Independent Businesses, and we can see that some firms are, they tend to be reporting fairly positive numbers. It's a bit of a negative surveillance, but they, they tend to be reporting positive numbers in terms of credit availability and in terms of expectations uh, for credit availability going forward. So there's a lot of indication that the credit's there. This is a case, though, it's probably really in the details where you need to look to see where that credit is flowing. There's some evidence that there's a lot of construction loans that are out there, agricultural loans, transportation loans, but you know there's other segments that there's less lending activity out there. So arts and entertainment, uh, you know, there's education, accommodation, food services, a couple, couple of those industries, we see them lagging a bit. But overall, I think the private lending is, is really coming back, which is 
going to be good for the economy. It's going to be good for the hopefully 6 million entrepreneurs that show up this year. So we're very optimistic about that. And then just on performance, uh, I haven't said too much about that, but it, it's been solid overall. You would think that the performance really deteriorated given the economic environment. I mean, there's been some loan forgiveness, uh, which has definitely helped with PPE. But when we look at the data, we're, we're actually seeing lower delinquency rates for businesses right now than they were prior to the pandemic. So you know, the overall takeaway is that you know the economy is good. I think there's a lot of innovative people out there. Um, and, and companies doing good work that need to get financing. The, the people getting the loans are, are paying the back. So, so businesses should be and lenders should be betting on these entrepreneurs going forward. And I, and I hope the credit availability really comes through towards the end of the year. And, you know, Evan, I think this is a good point to turn to you and, and hear from your perspective. Um, what's the energy like in, in your entrepreneur community? And, and what are you hearing for people's plans for, for 2021 as we all emerge again? Yeah, uh, it's, it's a great statistic that, that David brought up, basically, where, where the interest in entrepreneurship is steadily increasing. Uh, I think when we really look back at COVID, I always say it was a moment of a great reset, right, where people that were just kind of living in one one reality, there was really no disturbance as to how, how things would go, and then the world shuts down, right? And everything that you knew it, and everything as you knew it just changed. So when people saw that, they're like, man, this could all stop. And, and you know, I, I need to I need to be able to have better control of of my environment. And so if we to go through things like this again, I'm kind of in control of my situation versus at the, the mercy of what I thought was a sure thing. I've seen that a lot from from peers to where they've started to, to take up businesses of their own. And, you know, a, a lot of times some of them were in positions where they've been living a very stable life, right? So the, the access to capital to then, you know, start a business and be able to make timely payments. It's not anything the lenders have to be worried about being being at risk of because these are these are people that really live within their means. They're making responsible decisions. So what David was putting out with the data on, you know, that not people making timely payments and it not actually going under like people would expect given the economic climate that we're in. It just it really resonates with a lot of conversations I have with with peers, people trying to start their own businesses. And I think going forward, we'll just continue to see see more of it. A lot of these studies will start to show there's going to be a lot more businesses that are created from the pandemic. There's a, a statistic I always think about is the digital learning space for for businesses that are in the digital learning space pre-COVID, the estimates were that this was going to overall be a $440 billion market by 2026. But after COVID, that's actually increased to being a trillion dollar market. Uh, I think people are just looking for in- innovative solutions. So it's 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 just a very interesting time. And, and I, I think the conversation around entrepreneurship is important and capital access. So all entrepreneurs can can get that is key. Looking for ways to educate the kids in your life on how the credit scoring system works? Check out Kitty Credit, an app that tracks kids' chore completion and provides them with a corresponding score. Download it today in the App Store to help build financial literacy for our next generation. That's Kitty Credit, spelled K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T. To add to that, and I'm going back to one of the, the stats that Dr. Rob Westcott shared on our webinar. We were lucky to have you then as well, Evan. He shared that a quarter of black owned businesses report credit availability as their top business challenge 
due to COVID. And, and that represents more than double the percentage of Asian and white-owned businesses. And I, I'm just curious, uh, Evan, with, with your network, are you hearing that to be a problem? Are you hearing a, a similar message? And I guess, moreover, what can we do to, to remedy this as an industry and as a community that wants to support small businesses and entrepreneurs? Yeah, 100%. You know, it, it's a lot of people have great business ideas, but we need the capital to access it, you know, like, and even to get to the point to where you're considered worthy of getting a loan, right? Just the initial bootstrapping to just incorporate your business and, you know, set up a bank account properly and just all of the little things which may seem as so minute to certain demographics for, you know, and, and communities of color, it's it's a little more challenging. We don't have as many resources around us to really get started. So uh, when we talk about what we what can we do to be helpful is really help people get through those initial steps, things that may see, seem super simple, uh, where you can just ask a friend or get a quick loan. Or it's we, we need to realize that it's not that common for, for everybody. So if we really want to be helpful to black founders, we really need to help them from the very beginning and partner and, you know, do things that, that uplift to not just mentorship, but, you know, providing clients, those things that bring actual dollars into the business start to help because now things are showing up on their balance sheets and now it's easier to get a loan. Maybe it's easier to get an investor. You know, those statistics, they resonate with my community pretty strongly. And, and you brought up a good point, um, the the funding to get up off the ground. And we, we've talked about this, that sometimes it, it comes uh, through a personal loan or, or starting on a credit card. Um, and to bring this full circle and, and back to Kitty Credit, if you have damaged credit or um, you're, you're not in a, a great position as an individual, that really sets you back um, when you might like to, to start a business. And so I'm, I'm curious... And this is a bit of a leading question, but uh, what can we do to better prepare the next generation of small business owners and, and entrepreneurs so that when the time comes and they're seeking credit and capital, they're, they're able to secure that? Yeah, that, I mean, that was my whole why for starting Kitty Credit. I had a different business at the time and, and I, I thought, oh, okay, cool. I wrote a business plan, 30 pages, just bring it to the bank and here we go. We'll get a million dollars. One sadly mistaken, sadly naive just by that, that way of thinking. But secondly, too, I, it was first where I really started to see how having a poor credit score, you know, is, is, is really affecting me, right? Like I'm I'm the guarantor of this loan and how, yeah, it's a decent business idea, but it's unproven and, you know, your your credit's not up to par. And, and I, I didn't just see it affect me that. I saw it with, with job hunting, getting a mortgage. And I was like, man, I, I know I messed mine up due to my own financial undoing, but I also had no idea how a credit score came to be. So, you know, I, I think what we need to realize is the importance of a credit score in America. And if it's that important, we really need to take a different approach to make sure that people understand it implicitly the moment they turn an adult. So that's, you know, that's essentially what we're doing with Kitty Credit. We're trying to take a preventative approach towards credit comprehension instead of corrective when it's too late. And that's a great message. Um, David, any more from, from your perspective or, or any of the data at Moody's Analytics um, tying together this idea that many entrepreneurs need to begin with, with their personal credit? Yeah, I, I guess there's two pieces that I've heard or seen in the data. I, I mean, one, there's always a question about not really being connected to the financial community together. And I think that's where, you know, Kitty Credit really sort of sets you up to 
start to think about those issues and start to understand how do I manage this. Um, I, I heard recently, two weeks ago, I heard an, ant- an anecdote uh, from somebody who they helped bring somebody to a credit union to get them their first loan because they had no idea how to manage their credit. And we can't take for granted that people are going to have a credit card that they don't use, that they pay, you know, or they pay off, they pay, you know, make one purchase and pay it off every month. So, so we really do need to make sure that the unbanked community overall uh, gets um, access to credit. I, I think the lenders are lending communities interested, you know, in, in their own way, I and mean, they have their, their objectives that they want to satisfy, but they are trying to explore alternative data uh, out there looking at um, sharing deposit information, other types of information. But um, I think you still need to, um, that, that financial literacy is, is I think, critical. And if, if you, you can't put your life on pause for too many years, just because you, you didn't get that lesson. So I think that's, um, I think, really uh, important. And then once you are trying to start up that business and, and you're going through it, then I think many individuals have to make uh, expenses that they're not ready to make, right? It's an investment, a business is an investment. So you're going to turn to your credit uh, credit cards particularly. <laughs> so the only thing I can say about um, the statistics today is that revolving credit card debt is down. So if, if you're on the sidelines and, and you're in that situation, you're trying to start a business, you might actually now have the wherewithal to actually go through that. And you might have not had that a couple of years ago because you were taking that vacation and, and you weren't managed that right. Now maybe you have, you've been paying it down and, and you've Reduced your um, reduced your debt a, a bit, so you could actually make that investment if you're trying to you know start that small business. Um, and, and so I hope we see a lot of entrepreneurs be successful in the next next couple of years. And same here. Well, thank you, David and Evan. Again, that was David Fieldhouse, Director of Consumer Credit Analytics at Moody's Analytics, and Evan Leapart, founder and CEO of Kitty Credit and co-founder of the Black Men Talk Tech Conference. I'd like to extend an invitation to our listeners to the next Market Pulse webinar in our series on June 24th. Touches on a topic uh, that we've spoken a bit about today, um, and it represents a special edition in our series. We'll be focusing on how we as an industry can accelerate access to credit. We're inviting guests from the J.P. Morgan Chase Institute and also Invest America to get their perspectives on how we can create a more inclusive financial system. You can register to join us today at equifax.com forward slash market pulse. If you're looking for additional consumer credit and small business insights, please reach out to your Equifax representative or visit equifax.com slash business. And be sure to check our show notes for more details on creditforecast.com, a joint solution from Equifax and Moody's Analytics, plus more information on Kitty Credit, an Equifax Foundation partner. We'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date and consider posting a review to let us know how we're doing. And if you'd like to suggest topics, please email us at marketpulsepodcast at equifax.com. Again, I'm your host, Catherine Doe, and that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. Do you have the economic and consumer credit performance you need? With CreditForecast.com, a joint product created by Equifax and Moody's Analytics, you can access data, forecasts, scenarios, analyses, and more from analysts you trust. Learn more in our show notes or visit CreditForecast.com today. The information and opinions provided in this podcast are intended as general guidance only and are subject to change without notice. The views presented during the podcast are those of the presenter as of the date this podcast was recorded and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the contact us box on the investor relations section at Equifax.com.